Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is your host, Stefan Osterin, and our guest today is good old Matt Nowakowski. What's up, What's man? What's Matty? How's it going? Doing all right, man. Good to have you hanging out here with us today. Excited to be here. Always, and always a pleasure to have you. Um, so kind of what we're going to do today on the podcast is we're going to talk a little bit about something that uh, we've kind of touched on in the past. Um, if you've not heard the podcast with Matt and Ian uh, earlier uh, last year, um, they kind of talked a little bit about drone racing and all that stuff. What we wanted to kind of touch on today is the local drone racing scene yep. and how, how do you get into it? Um, where is it coming from? You know, what are, what are the nuts and bolts of that? And Matt's, Matt's kind of one of those people who's been doing that for a long time now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty we, diehard right now. Just, yeah. just racing all the time, every day. Dude, every I day. love it because he comes in here and talks about it all the time, which is fantastic. But yeah, give us some insight um, into what that kind of looks like, Manny. Yeah. Uh, so drone racing, uh, they have uh, lo- local clubs all around the United States, actually all over the world. And uh, you can go to, there's an organization called Multi-GP online. And that's where you're going to find all your local chapters and uh, places that are close to you. So when I started out, I actually uh, went on Facebook, went on, you know, social media. Hey, where, where can I go to local race? And uh, there was a place in Akron right around here, right? Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So went there, went to QRGO, and they told me to sign up for Multi-GP. And that's basically where it just started. And then... Uh, just started unfolding, man. As soon as you find one place, they lead you to another one and then to another one. I think Ohio's got like four or five local groups that really? actually race pretty religiously. Well, that's kind of crazy. Now, now give give the listeners uh, that don't understand or don't know, what is QRGO? Yeah, uh, QRGO, that's just an acronym for the Quad Racing Group of Ohio. Okay. Um, a lot of the a lot of the groups uh, do like abbreviations like that, like CQR, which is Cincinnati Quad Racers, and then you have CQS, which I helped start up in Cleveland, so Cleveland Quad Squad, um, and those are all the local guys. And I like racing with the locals a little bit more than going to a national event. You know, okay. it's it the community of coming together with your friends and just hanging out, seeing what what kind of gear everybody's got, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting tips from, Hey, I, I don't know how to do this. And then the guy next to you, he's like, well, I know a perfect way to do it. You know, I, I like the community aspect of right. it um, more than just going and racing. It makes sense. It makes sense. And, and <clears throat> for those of you that um, are looking to get into the, you know, the quad racing scene uh, locally, from what I understand, like you said, you can go to multi-GP yep. and you can look up by state or by yeah. county or yeah, how does that work? Uh, if you go on there, they got a little tab where it says chapters and then you can go there and sort locally. Okay. And then it'll it'll do the closest ones to you usually by uh, right up at top. It'll be like, I live in Cleveland. So the Cleveland one will pop up first or then the Akron and then Cincinnati and so on. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Now, how long have Matt, how long have you been racing? Uh, I want to say it's going on two and a half years now because I started drones. I started flying quads or drones, um, probably three years ago. Um, and then it, it took me about six months to get like used to it, how to control a quadcopter until I was comfortable enough to be like, I can go race with some guys, right. you know? So yeah, it, it, about two and a half years. Now, obviously, the the local scene is a little bit different than like the national scene uh, mm-hmm. as far as competition is concerned. I'm sure. Yep. Um, but give us give us a little bit of a breakdown of what you might see 
or or what you might be able to expect at one of these local QRGO, CQO, whatever it is, uh, races? Yeah, uh, you know, it's just when you go to a local race, it it's not too much pressure. I think that's why people like ra- racing locally. Um, we all realize that we're just there to hone our skill and get better for the national level. So it's a bunch of guys just sharing, sharing stuff and sharing their abilities, how they do this, how they do that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I compare it to a bowling league, Mm -hmm. you know, you have the national guys that are on TV bowling (laughs) 300s, and then you have your guys that you get together once a week, hang out for the fellowship and your friends. And, uh, that, that's basically how the local, local league is, you know, there's not, there's still competition. Don't get me wrong. Racing, there's always competition, but (laughs) it's not as fierce and as uh, nerve wracking as a national level. Yeah, that makes sense. Now I have yet to uh, do any racing myself, except for here in the backyard. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Um, But uh, you know, as far as that local scene is concerned, um, is this something that uh, anybody can do? Um, is there a is there a learning curve? Um, is it something that's like you know I want to I've never raced before, but I want to go race for the first time. Is this where you would start that, or is there like a training program? Um, how does that kind of look for like a, an individual who wants to begin racing? Is this a good uh, first step? Yeah, um, there it depends usually on the chapter itself. Okay. So like each chapter is basically a lot of use their own rules or spec or whatever they want to do. And uh, they can follow the multi-GP has guidelines, but they usually leave it up to the chapter organizer. So with QRGO, Quad Racing Group of Ohio, what's neat about them is some chapters like them will actually offer a novice class or a beginner's class. Because when you're first starting out, it's a little intimidating when you get on the track with a guy that's lapping you, you know, like you're not even through the first lap and this dude's on lap three. Mm. You're, so it's a little discouraging for some of the new pilots coming on. So um, what I really like about QRGO is they do have a novice class. So if you have a local group around you, I would just contact them on Facebook or something like that. See if they have a novice class. If they don't see what, you know, feel them out how they are for beginners. Most guys will just say, hey, come on down. Just even if they don't have a novice class, come race with us. You know, right. um, they're pretty friendly. If you find out, you just got to reach out to them, you right. know. Just have to get some information and <clears throat> do a little bit of legwork to, to correct. Get out yeah, there. And, and and just go for it. You know, yeah. if you want to do it, just just go for it. D- don't worry about what everybody else says, and it, you'll you'll pick up skills as you go. You're not going to be the fastest right out the gate. You're not going to you know be winning first place, second place, unless you're a natural born you Race know kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if it's something you want to do, don't don't be intimidated. Right, and and they're also uh, you know you want to. Um, for those wanting to get into the quad racing scene, yes, there's the competition and, you know, the, the fellowship of everything, but also you want to also be, um, cognizant, um, and aware of, of the people that you're racing with, mm-hmm. um, the, the power that the drone itself carries, Correct. um, and just safety in general. Okay. So you know, it, when you, when it comes down to that, I'm sure that you've probably seen, um, but I wanted to ask, do you ever get, uh, like at the QRGO or whatever it may be, do you ever get people who come out and you fly and then they just, they're, they're losing control of their drone or anything of that nature? Is there a, is there a kind of a, a tip or like a, a good practice to have of saying, here's where you, what you need to be able to do as far as controlling the quad before you step into the racing scene? Yeah, there's definitely a, a lot of people that come out that are beginners. Uh, they're having trouble controlling their aircraft and stuff. But I actually, you know, 
going to a chapter is a good place to start. Right. Because if you're losing control all by yourself in a field and stuff, you're not going to know what corrections to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say find your local chapter and go out there because now the guys are going to be like, well, this guy's making this turn super wide, almost hitting the trees. <laughs> Let's guide him along so he doesn't do that again. Um, and if you're doing it all by yourself, y- you really have to research and do YouTube links and do forms and all that just to get those little guidance points that you can get at a local chapter right. from those guys. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, the, and I've always kind of viewed it kind of like I'm a parent now and, mm-hmm. and I have, I have a young child and, and, you know, he looks to mom and dad for pretty much everything. Correct. Right? Like, yep. how do I do this? How do I do that? If I do something, he goes and copies it. Yep. Right. So it's kind of the similar thing where you're a novice or a beginner and you're watching these intermediate to expert flyers mm-hmm. and you say and you're getting those tips from them. Yeah. How mu- I mean, how much quicker are you going to learn? Yeah, you know uh, what I mean? By, by doing ten, it yourself, but also listening and getting that information. Ten times faster. Yeah, exactly. That's, so That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And uh, safety with multi-GP is also an, a really big uh, on their plate. So they all... You know, they recommend you go get AMA mm-hmm. so you can have insurance right. and learn the basic safety of any RC flight mm-hmm. model aircraft. Um, and then they, you know, they just give you tips. So I, I would definitely find your local chapter, sign up, multi-GP, go there. And if you want to race, definitely get in there. That's awesome. I love it. Now, <clears throat> after you, you know, you go and you find your local chapter and you kind of get in there and you start to race and you start to kind of feel comfortable um, give it, give us kind of a, uh, kind of a, a timeline and, and you can use your own experience, Matt, mm-hmm. if you'd like, um, give us the kind of like a timeline that you would see you going from a local chapter to a regional to a national type of event. Like what, what does that path look like? And, and for people out there that are looking to push the issue and push the envelope of trying to get to that mm-hmm. top level, um, how, how would you, in your own words or, or in your kind of tips, how would you tell somebody to get there? Yeah, um, like I said before, start out with your local chapter, and uh, they're going to push you to go. If if you're committed and you want to be a racer, they'll help you get where you need to go. Um, my path was a little bit, it was rushed, I felt. like I, It was going by so quick. Maybe it was just because I was having so much fun that time just yeah. flies. Or, but I, I started racing, not last year, the beginning of the previous year, well, beginning of the season, which in Ohio, our season's kind of short because we right. have snow and stuff. Right. So I think March or April or something like that was beginning of the season. And uh, I just started doing the little local league races. Um, So that's basically where you're going to start. You're going to start doing the league races um, and you're going to practice on your own on the side of that. Right. Because you want to place at the league races. Right. That's a big point. Exactly. You you can go to a race every weekend, Mm -hmm. one or two. Yep. But if you don't practice for the other three, four or five days a week. (laughs) That's going to be tough to, yeah, that's to push a, forth. Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, what's cool about in Cleveland, we started our own little crew of, of pilots, and uh, we would have a race every other weekend at QRGO, mm-hmm. and then our crew would go out once a week, twice a week, set up gates, and just even if it's the basic thing of doing a 180 in the gate, going through another one, you don't have to set up a full track. Right. So that was kind of like our thing was, all right, go to these league races, practice with our dudes. And then get better so we can place at that league race. So once I started placing in league races, doing first, second, third, that's where like, okay, I want to try to go to a regional qualifier. Mm-hmm. So the regional qualifier would be the next step up from the local racing. Okay. Because the regional qualifiers are everywhere. They're, you know, we have some in Ohio, we have some in Michigan, and 
the this year I think it's broke down into six regions, but previous years it was like fourteen regions. Okay. Um. So that's kind of the progression steps as you go league racing, then you'll go to a regional qualifier. Um, you can go to multiples of those and you want to place in that. So you can go to regional finals. Okay. Now, now how do you, now what, what kind of placement do you have to get at these regional, uh, races mm-hmm. for you to be eligible for the regional finals? Yeah. Uh, they do a time and lap, uh, combination. So okay. they'll, they'll give you like two minutes and you have to complete as many laps as possible. And the people with the most laps at the end of it, they'll, they'll be first, second, third, so okay. on and so forth. So it's not like you're racing against the person next to you. You kind of are, but you're more racing yourself. Can okay. I get that next lap? Gotcha. You know, I'm racing the time. Can I get, get the next lap within the two minutes? Um, so that's how you're going to do the regional qualifier. And then they're going to break you down into the top five or whatever. And then top five from each one will go to the regional finals. Okay. Gotcha. So top five amount of laps in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then you place into a, a pool for the regional final. Correct. Now, how does the regional final work out as far as, you know, you get there. Now you, you show up, you get there. Boom. Take us kind of through what happens. This is this is where you're like national level. This would mm-hmm. be like your first step of the you're actually racing against other dudes that are racing the same track because every region is going to have the same track for their finals. Okay. So it's going to be set up the same, same gates, same distance between gates, same flags. So now we can rate ourselves on a national level. So if I'm getting six laps, I can know if Joe Smith in California, if he's getting six laps or if he's five laps, you can start seeing where the cutoff's going to be. Gotcha. So they start building this list and you don't know right off right off when the first uh, regional finals goes, you don't know how many laps you need or whatever. Luckily with Ohio, we're one of the last ones. So like we get to kind of oh, awesome. get the upper hand on people. We know, hey, we need this and this many laps and this right. much time. Right. Um, so when you get there, it's just a bunch of local guys again, but it, it's guys that are um, from your area. Uh, so you get to meet new people from different states, which your region and whatnot. And uh, like I said, you just go there, you get as many laps as you can. And uh, if you don't place first or second, I think first and second automatically get to go to nationals. Okay. They put you in another pool of pilots that, okay, you got five laps, you're 17th on the list. You still get a spot to race at nationals. So like okay. you get to go to nationals to race to see if you can get in the uh, finals. Almost like a... Uh, in sports to play in, but Correct. this would be a fly-in. Yes, it would be a fly-in, yes. Gotcha. So, so if you don't place first or second, it, you know, you, you don't have to be disappointed. You still got other chances to get in. And that's kind of how me and Ian got in is we didn't place first or second last year, right. but we placed high enough with enough laps, enough time that uh, we got to go try to race our way into the final 32 or 64 mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it was. Yep. Right. Now, <clears throat> now you, you talked about, you kind of alluded to it earlier, um, but that, that the tracks for the, uh, local or even regional placements, mm-hmm. they're all different tracks. Yeah. Correct. Uh, correct. When you're local league racing and stuff like that, they're all different. You're going to go to different places, different tracks. Um, when you start getting to the regional qualifiers and finals and stuff, multi GP tries to make that, uh, uniform across the board. Okay. So, so as I'm in there, I, I win my, I'm doing really well in my local scene. I go to a regional placement, um, and let's say Ohio and Michigan and, and Iowa are doing this regional placement mm-hmm. and we're in Indiana doing this, this, this race, mm-hmm. um, the people out in California may not be racing the same track as we are. 
for, correct? For, for the qualifiers. For the qualifiers, yeah, correct? correct. At least that's how it was last year. Okay. I don't think any of the qualifiers were, like, identical. Okay. Um, and But uh, once you get to the regional... Finals. finals, which is like the big one, yeah. That those are all those are cookie all cutter, like correct, everybody's uniform. racing the same. Yes. Okay. So they can gotcha. put you in that list of the national national rating. Awesome. You know? yep. So so that that's good to know because you know if I was a if I was a racer and I'm sitting there thinking like oh why am I not doing well on on this course but this guy's doing well on this other course and it just it leaves a lot up to the mental side of things and you could probably get um, super worked up about. You know, oh, well, I'm great at this course, but I'm not so great at this mm-hmm. course. Well, when you get up to that next level, that regional final, everybody's racing the same course. So it's yep. kind of like it's about the pilot. Mm-hmm. It's about, uh, you know, and I don't know, and we can talk a little bit about this here in, in a little bit, but, uh, you know, everybody's kind of got like a different setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, there's different types of specs that can be raced. Correct. Um, but there's not a uniform spec. Um is that is that true? Is that is there are there level different levels of that? I mean, I know there's different types of quads that people can race, or mm-hmm. motor setups, or, or batteries. Um, take us into kind of what that looks like now compared to maybe uh, last year, or the year before. Yeah, uh, what that what what that setup looks like. This year, uh, they're actually doing a little bit different than what they did in the previous years. It's now an open spec, so it's not restricted at any means. So, like, okay. before it was restricted four-cell battery, you couldn't go any bigger. Now guys can run five-cell, six-cell. Um, so everybody does have a different setup. It's whatever you're most comfortable with. I always tell people, pick one thing. If you're comfortable with it, master that thing. Because the problem is once you start changing crafts, you got to relearn your your tactics on them, right? Because um, one hat carries more weight. Correct. You come around a turn; it's got to be tighter or less power, yeah. more power, etc. If you look at some of the top pilots, they're probably racing gear that's two years old. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe an upgraded motor here and there, but they're usually most likely racing the same stuff. Um, but what Multi GP is also trying to do is they're, they're trying to do a spec race. So now you okay. have. Five sets of motors you can choose from, five sets of ESCs, you know, depending what brand they are. They'll have like a couple different brands you can choose from, but all the motors put out the same power, all the frames weigh similar, all the... So I see spec racing becoming way bigger in the future, which I think everybody is leaning towards that because now it's pilot skill. It's not how fast your craft can go because some guys can, you know, I like to just bang the sticks around is what I like (laughs) to say. And, uh... They can just floor it. If they have a powerful motor, they can just floor it and get around the track super quick. Right. Um, if you go to spec racing, that kind of takes that away. So not one dude's lapping everybody because he's got the most powerful motor. You right. Know? And then also, if you look at, uh, they, I'm sure you go to races and you have different track setups. Correct. So like if a track sub- setup's more of like an oval and less technical, the more power you have on straightaways, you know, mm-hmm. you not be, might not be super technical, but you can hit that power surge yeah. straight down a straight line and catch a lot of the dudes mm-hmm. that you're flying against versus, you know, it may a more technical track. You're, you, it makes sense to, to make that spec more into reality because like you said, it comes down to pilot. And so it, it, Correct. it, it evens the playing field a bit more. Yeah. Cause uh, what I'm doing right now actually is I'll, I'll take a couple different setups with me to a track. Cause I, you usually don't know what the track's going to look like until the day or day before somebody will post a DVR okay. of like testing video or something. And uh, so like, for instance, this weekend I'm going to CQR Cincinnati quad racers and they have an indoor facility 
Now they can set up their indoor track wide open or they can set it up super technical turns, stuff like that. So I'll bring most of my micros with me. I'll bring my normal gremlin, my turbo gremlin. And then, you know, maybe I'll bring a five inch because if it's super open, I'll race the five inch. Right. Yeah. If it's kind of technical, I'll race my turbo gremlin. If it's super technical and everybody's crashing, I'll pull out my two cell normal gremlin and just race that. (laughs) So that's what I see most people doing now. But uh, once we go to spec racing and that becomes more popular, you'll just... You'll get one craft. Everybody will be racing the same thing and make it more even playing field. Now, from your perspective and your opinion, mm-hmm. um, do you like that uh, direction that it's going, the spec racing class? Because um, I'm sure that not only will like the 5-inch be spec, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there'll be a 4, a 3, a, mm-hmm. a, a micro, and a, and a turbo micro, or whatever you want to call it. They'll start having classes within classes. Correct. Right? So um, do you like that? Do you see that being a positive influence in the in the drone racing scene? Or, or kind of what what is your opinion on it, that? It's, uh, I like it for... Two reasons. First reason, it makes the racing more fun. I'm going to be closer to the guy in front of me. We're going to be going back and forth, changing, you know, first, second, first, second. Also from a perspective. Yeah, exactly. Spectator. Yep, spectator. And then the second reason, you're going to bring in more new guys because the new guys are going to feel like they have a chance now. You know, now that it's right now how it is open class, the new guy is going to be getting lapped by the first couple of guys or going to be 20 seconds behind first place. And it's going to discourage him from continuing to pursue this. And if you had the fast guy that's limited and you have the slow guy, they're only going to be a couple seconds apart now because they both had the same craft because, you know, the fast guy can only go so fast, you know? So I'm, I'm a fan of pushing spec class forward and, I'm a real big fan of micro racing. That's like mm-hmm. what I love. And I I think the reason I love micro racing so much is you can only go so big in the motor. You can only get your frame so heavy or it doesn't perform as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the batteries are, are cheaper. All the components are cheaper, you know, like yeah, so, it's a little bit more strategic as correct. well. When it comes to that. Yeah. So like and I think that's why I do lean towards micro racing is because of the spec aspect of it. Yep. yep. 100%. And I think that, you know, I. I'm not, like I said, I'm not in the racing scene mm-hmm. as of yet. I, I would, to be honest, I would like to get into it. I would like to be able to uh, jump in into a local chapter and 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 see see how I am mm-hmm. and and see what happens. But that that spec race uh, scene is something that definitely intrigues me because at the end of the day, as a newbie, you know, coming in from it from that perspective, now I know exactly mm-hmm. what to expect. Yep. I know I there's no hidden corners or, or doors, you know, that I got or hoops I got to jump through. Mm-hmm. I know that Joe Schmo and I have the same chance. It all comes down to, like you said, yep. how much time and effort and training I want to put into it. Mm-hmm. And there's also some, some, some skill involved Correct. as well. You know, like you can train to be the best, but if you just don't have that natural talent, sometimes mm-hmm. it, it can be tough to beat the best. You know I, I, mean? I agree with that hundred percent. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That sounds like an awesome, uh, direction that mm-hmm. the quad racing is going to. Um, now the other thing with like, let's talk about your national races, mm-hmm. right? Let's jump in and say, okay, I've gone through my local chapter. I've gone through my regional, uh, qualifier and my regional final. I, I, I either, I placed first or second, or I got in by time. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down. I'm, I'm, I'm flying wherever I need to go. To, yep. let's or say, road tripping, road tripping, yeah, right? Like yeah. you guys did yep, last yep. last year. Um, so like you road tripping to Las Vegas, like you guys did last Correct. year. Yep. You walk in and and let let's say you didn't make top two. Mm-hmm. You go in and you have a 
uh, a fly-in or, or a, a race to see if you get in. Mm-hmm. Um, take us through that journey, and then from there, how, how do you get, once you get involved, how does the race look like from there? Is it a, is it a time? Is it a lap situation? Is it is it head to head? Like what does that look like when you get there? Yeah. Uh, so when we went to it was actually Reno last year. When mm-hmm. we went to Reno, um, you pretty much just show up. You get to look at the track, you know, and uh, the the first. Like I said before, if you place first or second at, at the regional finals, you're automatically in. Right. So those guys basically, they get to sit, enjoy it, watch some people, you know, they get to couple practice batteries. Mm-hmm. You, they always give you practice batteries. Awesome. The, the more practice batteries makes for better racing. We all know the track. The tracks are getting more and more complicated. So we need more and more practice to learn the track and, you know, just to be able to stay up in the air. So first they'll give you like one or two practice batteries and then you'll do like your qualifying. Now qualifying is going to be, it could be a variety of things. It could be your best singular lap around the track or what Joe Scully, the announcer that does most of the drone Mm -hmm. racing, what he likes to do is your best three consecutive laps. So you'll have two minutes on the clock or whatever, and you have to at least complete three laps to get a time. Gotcha. So you'll have like maybe four to six batteries to be able to try and accomplish that. Okay. Some guys might not even make those three laps. They might not get a time at all because they crashed out. The nerves got to them, anything like that. So you're just basically trying to get your best three lap. Best, fastest three laps. Correct. Yeah. And then once they figure that out, they're going to break it down into like the top 64 or whatever it is. So unfortunately, last year I didn't get to make it in the top sixty-four. Oh, but uh, yeah, it, Ian did though, okay. which I was very proud of him. Um, and once you get into the top sixty-four, or thirty-two, or whatever it may be, um, that's when everything changes. You, now it's you got to place first or second in your heat to move on. Okay. Um, so you have to push yourself. You have to fly faster. Um, you have to change your strategy completely. Uh, so yeah, that's basically how it goes first or second. Now they usually do double elimination. So like if you don't place first or second, your first round, you're going to be put into a loser's bracket. Okay. And then now you can win your way back in to the top eight or 16 or whatever it is because you have a second live, you know? So that's usually how they do it in the national level. It, once they break it down in the top 64, it's usually heads up racing. That's what they call that right. is heads up racing. And then they get all the way down to the final. And then when you're in the final, it, it's nerve wracking. I've been in not in nationals, but other finals and right. stuff that don't done the same format. And they usually do something like a triple a main, which that's, you get three chances to get your best. So say I, I placed first in my first round, I would get 10 points Second round, I placed third. I would only get eight points. And then whoever gets the most accumulated points on placing top, first or third or whatever, mm-hmm. that's going to be the victor. You gotcha. Know? Um, but it, it varies on scenario. It, it's whatever, like I said, the race director, whatever he wants to run, whatever format he wants to run, right. whatever they decide at multi-GP this year, it might be different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's basically how it goes, though, usually. That's all. Now, I love, I love, I'm, I'm a sports guy, so like, I come from a competitive background, mm-hmm. um, but I love how if you lose, at least last year at, at the Nationals mm-hmm. that you guys were at, like when you drop down into that that consolation bracket, um, that you have the ability to work your way yeah, up. Because, I, I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen guys that are just like, man, I got to hustle it and I got to go and I got to, I want, like, I want to win this thing. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to. 
I'm going to push this to get back into the race. You yeah, know what I, mean? I enjoy that too. And that's why I go to Cincinnati so often because they run that format, okay. you know. And uh, another thing that helps is because you get the second live, but it might have not been your your fault that you crashed out or right. your video could have went bad. The technology is not 100%. Right, right. You know, so your controller could have failed safe because there's so many radio signals and frequencies <laughs> going on. Or your video could have went out because some newer guy, which there's nothing against a newer guy, but he might have accidentally plugged in in the pits. He didn't know any better. Yep. Or something. Or, or you crashed together in the actual Correct, race. yeah. Or if some, or another guy, I've had this in, instance, if another guy crashes into a gate and he, he destroys his transmitter, it'll bleed all over over the other channels so like they'll have different scenarios like that so when you get into the higher competition like that it 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 helps to have that second live Mm because it's not all up to you like there's it's i tell everybody once you get to that level of competition it's 50 50 Mm -hmm. is your gear performing correctly uh it are your flying skills up to par are your nerves under control right there's a whole checklist that like is in my head when i get to that level mm-hmm. and i i tell everybody on my team all all my dudes like because it is stressful and people do get upset when they don't win and it, tensions are high yeah i always tell my dudes it's 50 50 enjoy enjoy while you're here the fun you're having the people around you yeah and if so be it, you come in first, you come in first. Yeah. yeah. And and I love I love that uh that viewpoint. Obviously that's that's kind of the viewpoint of flight tests, you know, where, you know, the, these whether it be drones, um, you know, quadcopters or planes or any type of RC aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they're, they're just a tool. Yep. You know, to go and enjoy yourself. Yes, there's a there's a competition involved. Correct. One hundred percent. But at the same time, you're going to a place where yes, you're competing, but you're competing in against other people in the same line of, of quote unquote work, Mm -hmm. right. To the point where you guys have something in common. Correct. And if you go there and you don't try to find something in common outside of that sport with other people, Mm -hmm. I feel like that might be a waste, Yep. you know? And I I think that that relational aspect is what brings us all together anyways. Mm -hmm. So why not look at that as the opportunity when you get there? Yes. Go and race, go, just go and crush it. Also have fun, meet new people, gain those new relationships, have a ball. And, and at the end of the day, if you win, that's icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. I always tell people I I love going to dinner afterwards. That's my favorite part. I don't care if I place first. I don't care if I play place last, but when I ask everybody at a race to go out to dinner and like 10 to 15 people show up, I love that. That's bomb. That, that's the best part, hands down. One hundred percent. And I think that you know we're. I think we're made that way. You know, I think that we have it innate in us. Mm-hmm. Like we're all competitive. We all want to win something or do something well or whatever. Um, but when you share something else outside of that, that's even greater and, mm-hmm. a, and a bigger foundation there. Uh, like when you go to dinner with a bunch of quad guys that yeah. you've never met before, except yeah. for this weekend. And we're talking about stuff other than quads that I didn't even know they were into. Exactly. Yep. And then you, you bond in that way. Yep. It just makes for a, a better overall life. Yep. I mean, you literally, you have a better opportunity to enjoy life at a, at a deeper level. It's, it's just amazing, man. I, I've met people from all over the world just in this little past two years. I would have never met any of those people if it wasn't for quads. And yeah. it was just because we had something in common that set the spark right there to, to get us talking. Exactly. I would have never talked to those guys if, if we didn't <laughs> have that in common, you know, right. I might've, but the chances of it, 
meeting like, them in that scene, ex- right? Not likely. Or so, in this lifetime. Yeah, I got friends in Australia, got people in Germany, you know, Cuba, like all, right. all these places. And I'm like, how do I know these people? All because of drones. Yep. And that, and they're, they're the tool, man. They're, yep. they're, you know, they, they allow us to do what we do and, and to meet the people we, we need to meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's something that's sometimes overlooked. It is bit. very, but, very uh, but we encourage you, those of you who are listening, um, to go out, um, stretch yourself and, and, you know, go out and meet new people, mm-hmm. go out and enjoy something that you enjoy a hobby and share it with somebody else, whether it be your family, your friends, um, a coworker, it, you never know who might be interested. So definitely go and reach out to those people. Um, first and foremost, Matt, thank you so much for, for bringing us along that journey yeah, no from local to national. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no, I know that a lot of the listeners probably have a lot of questions still. They, they can hit me up anytime. For sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll post, uh, we'll post a couple links down below mm-hmm. to, uh, the QRGO chapter, mm-hmm. possibly the Cincinnati one, um, and a couple other, uh, you know, multi GP and just local chapter stuff, but also national stuff. Yep. So for people that want to go and all different types of, you know, uh, ages and levels that you guys can have that information on hand. Um, and Matthew, thanks so much for, no uh, for coming and hanging out, talking to us. We thanks, appreciate definitely. it. And, uh, always a pleasure to have you on. And, uh, if you have not done so, uh, those of you that are listening to us, uh, if you have not done so, uh, subscribe, hit that uh, like button on iTunes. Um, you can find us also on, uh, the Google uh, play music, And uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you guys on the next podcast and we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces.